0: And we're back.
1: That was an enthusiastic one?
0: Welcome to the uh, Samoth Podcast. It's your boy Noah. We got another guy here. His name is Patrick. Hello. Say hello again. I want to. I want to make sure the levels are good. Hello. Yeah, it's pretty good. I just don't want you to be like way louder than me or way softer than me. I mean,
1: I am usually way louder than you in just speaking tone.
0: Yeah, I think we'll be good.
1: Okay, what are so- we? T- well, we're, we're talking about some albums that are very. I, I I thought of a of a decent name, for for the segment. Oh yeah. Um, what was it? Uh oh. <laughs> it was um. L no, long player hater. Because. Al- albums are called LPs, which is Long Player, and then but hey, like
0: we're not really hating LP- on them. Yeah, I know. I know. I thought it was Interesting. a catchy name. It, it's pretty catchy. If it was like a segment where we just talked about albums <laughs> it's we hated, trash, know, <laughs> <That laughs> which would we really should like. also do. We, we could also do that. That
1: would be a fun one. <laughs> but we're actually talking about albums that are very um, near and dear to our hearts today. So yeah, it's the inaugural.
0: Album... Debate. Debate, debate
1: discussion thing. Discussion thing. That's a more catchy title.
0: Yeah, so we're going to be chatting it up about two bands and two albums made by those bands today. We're going to talk about what we like about them kind of in general, and then we're going to debate which one's better. Today, we are doing... What are we doing?
1: We're doing The Cure's seminal 1989 Mm -hmm. masterpiece, Disintegration, versus... The Smiths' seminal-ish, nineteen eighty-six um, album, mm-hmm. *The Queen Is Dead*, widely regarded as their best album work. Yeah, both UK bands—one from Manchester, one from the UK. <laughs> Being in Manchester is is. is more informed with the Smiths. Like it doesn't really matter where the cure is from, but
0: they both Raleigh West Sussex is what Rate Your Music says.
1: Huh. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't really matter where the cure is from. From from Sussex. I from Sussex. Sussex Both um, I like I prominent like, indie um I like if you can call the cure indie eighties alternative British bands.
0: I really like like Watching BBC shows when they make fun of, like, regional stereotypes about British people. And, like, everyone laughs and I don't get it. I just think that's hilarious. That's <laughs> yeah, like when we talk about, like,
1: fucking cousins and stuff like that, though.
0: Right. Well, yeah, no, I'm sure. Like, they don't
1: get it. They just think.
0: Well, like, I just feel like American culture is... Like, people are just, like, that's just, like, forced down their throats, you know? True. Like, I feel like British they, people know what, like, southern people are like, you yeah. know?
1: I feel like the, uh, the, the, the British doorway goes, goes one way. I feel like British people still kind of care and have to know about American stereotypes and cultural things, but yeah. Americans just don't give a fuck. About
0: right, right. Well, like yeah, American. that's Americans yeah. being assholes.
1: That's Americans being Americans.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to talk about music
1: Uh, Let's let's keep talking about
0: Americans for a little bit longer. Oh yeah. Well, we're not going to be talking about any Americans today. It's all UK. All the British. It's it's the British invasion. The British boyel. Bloy me. (laughs)
1: I'm not giving you that one. You boy wanker. Do the rest of it in that voice. What regional? British accent is that?
0: That's just like. I just think like a trashy British accent is the funniest kind. Yeah. Boy, how? Yeah! <laughs> you <laughs> forgot to feed the baby! I
1: don't, I don't know if that is even an accent.
0: Have you ever listened to like Mark E. Smith talk in real life? Yeah,
1: he's pretty funny. He's the, you, he's the guy like, from The Fall, the British band The Fall. Is he from Manchester?
0: Uh, yeah, I think he is.
1: The Mancurian the accent is very
0: thick. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a great accent. I think, like, totally.
0: thick, thick British accents are, like, pretty great. Not like, I don't think, like, the high class ones suck.
1: Yeah, I'd rather be, like, a working class. Person.
0: Yeah, working class British accent. Which is Dumb. where.
1: The Smiths are heralded from a very working-class city yeah. in the U.K. Not really? very like, well musically known at the time that they came out with the of Factory record. It's called Manchester. Why don't we talk a little bit about The Smiths and The Queen is Dead?
0: Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about The Queen is Dead first? Okay. Sure. So that sounds mm-hmm. good. Yeah, let's talk about The Queen I, is I Dead. I
1: created a segue
0: just for you. Okay. So. Well, The Queen is Dead is an album by The Smiths. Um, it's their... Don't mind me. Fourth one? Their fourth album. Their so they album. were well... They were very well known at the time. Kind studio of in, album. What one that I'm looking at here isn't a studio album.
1: They came out with their debut in 83. The Smiths. The Smiths. Then they had Meet is
0: Murder. Hateful, what's Hateful of Hateful,
1: Hollow? Hateful, Hateful Hollow is a compilation.
0: Oh, it's like a singles compilation.
1: Yeah, singles. It's and B-sides. listed as an album here. Singles and B sides.
0: Okay, my bad. Well, it's so the third one <laughs> of four, and their third LP of four, and um, I don't know. I don't know that much about the background of it, but I do know that like the Smiths were the Smiths were a famous band at this point in Britain and kind of internationally, a lot of the lyrics are kind of discussing their fame. Um, I think it's fair and to kind say... kind of England in general, and in, in a way that kind of precludes them being famous already.
1: Yeah. I think it's fair to say that The Queen is Dead certainly has its fair share of self-referential or meta songs. Yeah, they, for that, sure. For sure. While they... At the time... They were they were big. They had top forty hits. Um, they weren't as big as they wanted to, or at least as Morrissey wanted to be. The Queen is dead kind of set them, pushed them over that ed- edge. It was a, it was a pretty popular album okay. in, in the yeah. UK. Um, it was. There's I lost my train of thought.
0: <laughs> this is going well. I don't know, do you have anything else to say with the background
1: of it? Oh, the background of The Queen is Dead? It was recorded two years in between um, their last album, I think. Because they had some spat with their record um, label, Rough Trade. Yeah. When to put it out, what singles to put out. So it was it was released later than it was initially recorded. And... I'm flattered. No, <laughs> I have nothing else. to add. Yeah, I
0: mean, other than that, I mean, it it came out. There was not like some huge backstory to it, to like its song. It, it was another. It
1: was another. It was
0: another Smiths album, and it has since been called their best kind of.
1: It's been called their best work, I think, mostly because it has some of their widely recognized fan favorites and best songs mm-hmm.
0: on it,
1: such as like. There's a light that never goes out. Right. I know it's over. The queen is dead. Cemetery gates.
0: Yeah. NME, actually. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the famed and esteemed musical publication, NME, actually listed it as uh, the greatest album of all time in 2013. They so did. Just let that rattle around. And just let
1: that sink in.
0: Let that sink in. Um,. But yeah, let's talk about kind of the sound of the Queen is dead and some songs that you like. I don't know. Um, the Queen is dead is it's jangly, but it's I don't I, know I if it's call it a jangle. as jangly as previous Smiths. They were
1: known for it's a kind of jangle pop mm-hmm. guitar style, but with the exception of a few songs here, like that's Sematary not Gates. present
0: as much. On, no, no.
1: It shows a lot more diversity mm-hmm. with, from guitarist Johnny Marr. Yeah. And that he can he can mix it up, but it, it definitely doesn't have as distinctive a sound throughout all of the tracks.
0: I think it it's, kinda mixes it's it up. like, post-punkier, too. I think there's some, like, really, like... There's definitely, like, post-punk I think the opener line.
1: is... is, is that's what it, I'm... Yeah.
0: That's specifically what I'm talking the opener, about. The was, is Dead Queen is, is Dead. very post-punk. Yeah. Um... And it's an
1: excellent song. It's, 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 a, it's a perfect opener. Mm-hmm. A lot of people regarded it at the, at the time as like the sequel to the, UK, to the Sex Pistols' God Save the Queen. Because mm-hmm. at the time, like at the time when punk initially dropped, the, the UK radio and radio in general was cluttered with a lot of, of less than stellar, very commercialized bands. And people thought this was like a breath of fresh air, railing against the Queen and all that. Yeah. It's a really propulsive intro track. Um, it's it's got a, it's got a great and the lyrics are, are one of the the many instances that show off Morrissey's capable humor, which I don't think he gets an, a, enough credit for. He he can be funny when he's not being an asshole.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean. it's it's yeah it's a good sign i mean it's it's hard to really as as t- 21 year old people in 2018 who have lived in wisconsin their entire lives it's hard to kind of really understand the historical context behind yeah what, what what they're talking about but I, I don't think it's up. it's it's important not to underrate how politically significant what they're talking about is. It's,
1: um, I think that is um, one of the, I won't say, a f- you could perceive it as a flaw, but a lot of what this album was railing against or the, the importance of this album, it doesn't carry on throughout. It doesn't have a groundbreaking sound, but a lot of the ideas and songs that were on it and just the, the Smiths themselves were a groundbreaking band, which is why I think it gets a lot of the cultural clout and the best album of all time accolades, mm-hmm. rather than the album as a cohesive whole itself. Yeah. Which is something I can't say about uh, Disintegration, which is the, the other album. I
0: right. Yeah, I, I think... That's definitely going to kind of be one of my arguments in general is that in in favor of The Queen is Dead is that I, th- I think this album is... It says a lot more politically than Disintegration does. I disagree
1: in that. I think...
0: Well, let's say. let we'll, 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 we'll save the say. But, yeah, I mean... The Queen is dead. First track, kind of a just a really propulsive bass line. Yeah, both of these bands really important have, lyrics kind of coming out like being anti the monarchy and anti state and anti church in like a, in a, in a really popular band in Britain. Like that's kind of that's that's making waves,
1: especially at the time when this album came out. Mm-hmm which was a very propulsive and depressing time for especially working class UK yeah um yeah they were making they were making some statements that, that people didn't talking about um breaking into the Buckingham Palace which was um I think someone actually did that which is what the song is about yeah um, Yeah. also talking about cast castrating um the prince I mean there's a lot there's a lot going on in the song lyrically and it's but it It's pepper. It's not. I wouldn't say it's overly serious. I I think the best line in the song is when Morrissey rhymes. It's a pretty famous line when he rhymes rusty spanner Mm -hmm. with his pronunciation of piano as pianer. It's a pretty. It's 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 and it it, it sounds great. I mean, he's got a great voice, so he really works it. But I think um, the next track that it goes into, and I'm I won't I try not to get into my arguments yet, but. Frankly, Mister Shankly, which is the next song, has kind of divided fans.
0: Really, I uh, from, from I, I never thought of it as a standout track. No, it's just about the, this is one of the meta songs. It's I about think. Rough Trade, right? Yeah. yeah, It's about
1: the owner of Rough Trade, basically them shilling themselves out with singles, and they you know they want Morrissey waxing on, you know how he he'd rather be famous. Than righteous or holy, even though he's kind of both at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's putting out some preachy tracks. I mean, right. that last album's called "Meat Is Murder,"
0: so I'd like to go down in musical history.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which you know, I guess he accomplished. And, and, and I mean, the song is the song is nice. It's 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 a bouncy song. It's
0: yeah, a, I you, like. That's what you can
1: say about I it. I like,
0: I like how like the verse kind of goes like because it's like the. They they refer to it. I don't know exactly what like British like traditional British music is like, but I read an interview where they refer to this and they refer to one of the other songs I think as like musical as like musical and like oompa music. There there that's kind of the influence that's being taken here. But I love how like the bass line kind of like bounces yeah. and then like that then he like because it's like muted like upstroke chords and then it like ends with like the big strum. Yeah. Each time, I think I don't know. I think it's an alright song. I think
1: a song. I think it's it's definitely an alright song. I I like the song personally. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I don't like the um, I don't know what I would call it, but the jarring like after the first chorus, like the yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Don't care for that. Huh. I think it's a little jarring, and okay. I I don't really like the sound of it. But I think it's alright song. I think my main problem with it is where it's positioned in the context of the album, which is the second track, right in between The Queen Is Dead
0: and I the know. third track, which is probably the Smith's best song, in my opinion. I think oh. it's over. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. We we should not talk about every single fucking song on this album. Okay. We don't because <laughs> that's going to take forever. That's going to take long uh, <laughs> But yeah, if this is your favorite song, then let's definitely talk about it. Um, this one, personally, didn't stick out to me listening to this a number of times. It seems, it's very dramatic and sad, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. But I guess as a song... I, I think, the,
1: the Smiths has always been about two things for me, because I think there's they wrote their songs not as a they wrote their songs as a band as a unit. Mostly it was Johnny Marr who wrote the songs, and then Morrissey would mm-hmm. come in and deliver his vocal lines and yeah. the melodies, which is not unlike a, the way a lot of bands with the lead singer who just sings does things. But this is easily, I think, Morrissey's best vocal performance okay the album. I think it's, it's it's very dynamic, especially when he goes into his upper range at the end with a lot of, with a lot of pleas and and, and crying and whatnot. And um, yeah, it's it, it's very. Um, I'm in high school and I'm sad, kind of dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think I think it's of their more of the two more legitimately tender-ish songs on this album. The other one being "There's a Light That Never Goes Out." I definitely prefer this one.
0: Nah, I like "The Light That Never Goes Out" more, for sure. I don't know. I think the lyrics is like, I don't know. I feel like, I just feel like it's a very general song. Yeah. I think the, the Light That Never Goes Out paints a picture in my mind better of a kind of narrative. I don't know.
1: The narrative in A Light That Never Goes Out is interesting. Yeah. And it, it, it also incorporates a bit of Morrissey's I just, dark humor with the, the, the double-decker bus crashing into them. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah so that's uh, great uh,
1: and, uh, let's, keep going oh <laughs> and it's, it's it, it basically paints him you know being taken it, it's 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 such a high school song too yeah especially with the line about um, cause it's like not, not taking him home cause it's, it's not his home it's their home yeah it's yeah his yeah. parents home
0: it's so dramatic th- yeah I don't know that like hits me cause like I just think that's a very teenage emotion to just like feel like oh no it's It's over. Like, I don't belong there anymore, like, my parents' house anymore.
1: Yeah. And
0: being just, like, completely, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It hits me in a, like, that that narrative hits me in a weird way of how kind of, extreme and absolute that mindset can be
1: it paints a really nice yeah. picture I do like him like you know you can see him like looking out like the car window hes he's, he's, he's taking it he doesn't even really enjoy it mm-hmm. but he's going out in the town it's 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 definitely a more complete picture than I know it's over which is really I mean it's it's, it's definitely more somber in tone but I think the emotional impact of that song mm-hmm. trumps uh there's a light that never goes out I think there's there's Mainly because I said it's it's one of the stronger vocal performances on the album.
0: He really puts
1: his all into the latter part of the song specifically.
0: I just like I don't know. It's uh, just so I, I just think the light that Never goes out is just so like it's it's so dark in like like with the chorus like and and they're just like you know they're just strumming yeah, along. You got those synths going so over it. So dark.
1: Just because they get killed by a bus. I mean, it's not... It's
0: like, not... They don't get killed by a bus. He's just saying... To die by your side. i die by your side if a double-decker bus crashes into us. I don't know. I just...
1: I wouldn't say it's dark because I think that's also intended as a... Not explicitly ha-ha funny, but dark darkly humorous.
0: Yeah. Like, they are kind of... Tongue-in-cheek. Tongue-in-cheek capturing a mindset.
1: There's also lines that I think are great. I mean... Um, in I know it's over I mean the image of of soil you know mm-hmm. falling over your head I think it, is, is very I'd, I'd say that song is darker it's got it's got more explicit depressive lines like the knife wants to cut me or stuff like that and um when he's when he's talking to himself pretty much of like oh if you're so clever why are you on your own tonight that that resonates or it resonated with a lot of yeah. A lot of people at the time, especially Smiths fans who are on their own. Not
0: going to parties or doing anything like that. Right, 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 right. Um you wanna know, talk about symmetry. Symmetry Gates?
1: I do wanna talk about I think
0: that gates. I think this is my favorite song on this album. I I love this song.
1: It's a it's it's I think yeah, it's the best I just jauntier tune on
0: Dude, this the, this is where the
1: jangle comes full.
0: Ooh, full ooh, full that, that, like, the acoustic guitar riff at the start is just, it's smooth as butter.
1: I will say, can I, can I say something I don't <laughs> like about
0: <laughs> it? <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do like. I,
0: oh, oh, dude, that riff. It's just like. It's a great riff. It just glides along. And the story of the song is cool, too. It's
1: very in fitting with the Smiths' mindset of, you know, we're these cool kids. You know, we're going to the cemetery where we belong. We're talking about our favorite authors. Yeah, we really have some some sense of ownership over it. it it's, I, it's
0: I think very, it's I think it's self conscious. a dreaded sunny day. Yeah. So I meet you at the cemetery. Oh, it's completely
1: self conscious. This is it, this is another kind of meta song because mm-hmm. he, he was at, at at a time accused of of, of plagiarism in some of his lines Mm -hmm. earlier in the records but which leads to a whole line about how plagiarism is is wrong because there's always someone with a big nose you know that line that verse in that song is a problem for me is a is a small problem because i just don't think it just it goes from this this nice song and then he's practically giving a psa on plagiarism halfway through the verse that Mm -hmm. doesn't even fit in the rhythm of the song, he's like, "Well, if you must write poems and poems, the words you use it it, it doesn't feel like it fits. It just seems like he's suddenly going into this 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 p s a on why plagiarism's wrong. He brings it into the end, but like, I don't know, I never liked that part
0: mm-hmm
1: okay did you did you ever get anything like that you you just
0: you just fine with it all the way through i mean I didn't." I was not aware of that line until right now. Oh really? No. Yeah. Sorry. No, I just rhythmically it just. I think this is the best. I think this is the best written song on the album. I think the vocal melody is really catchy, and I think the guitar work is fantastic.
1: It is the most one of the most Smith songs on the album too. Yeah. It really encompasses their kind of sense of humor, style, some of their self referential singing, but also, Hmm. you know. It's, it's it's a little dreary. It's symmetry gates. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's one more song that I want to talk about before we get into the Cure. Um, what is that? And that's that's one that I just want to hear your opinion on because I I what what do you think of the, the the final track the the closing track? Some girls are bigger than others. Uh, it's it's
0: fine. I think it, I, I don't know if it's that necessary to the album. I think it's kind of a throwaway.
1: Yeah. I think the instrumental's great. It yeah. brings the jangle. It sounds good. It's a good guitar line.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I read somewhere that, like, the fade-out at the start is supposed to be, like, a door closing and then opening again. It's kind of what it's supposed to simulate. How it, like, fades out at the end, Yeah, right, Yeah, but what is that's just, it That's the door closing yeah. And
1: everything. Mm. yeah I've heard a lot of fan theories and expectations in my opinion trying to explain away or contextualize this song better in the album yeah I think fans or people are confused or disappointed that the album ends like this particularly because like you said one of their best songs There's a Light That Never Goes Out mm-hmm. was the track that came before it and would have been a fine album
0: Ender, album closer. Yeah. It doesn't exactly go yeah, out on
1: the best song of the album.
0: No, it probably goes out on one of the weakest one ones. One of the weakest. It's, it's the I I don't know. It, it's possible that I have no real. I mean, they could have just popped it on. Like it could not. It could just not go any deeper than that other than they were like oh this album is 33 minutes long let's make it 36 minutes long yeah uh, you know yeah
1: you don't want a nine track album yeah um i uh, we're not going to get into arguments yet so I'll,
0: I'll move on i'll move on to let's no let's talk about one more track one more track. i just because i love it i okay. think Vicker in a tutu is great
1: See, this is where I think
0: that we have think, differing opinions. I think that album is so fantastic. That song? It's like, it's like a, it's again, like, what, what is it called? Dance music hall, influenced. It's got I would call it more pub.
1: rockabilly influenced. Yeah, but I
0: don't band. think that's what it was. See,
1: I, th- thing I, thing I think I... it was
0: British British music influenced. No, that, that's what I initially, I was like, this is a country western song. And it's great. I just don't think that's where their influence is But r- regardless, it's it sounds like almost a country song, and it's got these great kind of guitar leads over the, the choruses. I think like jangly guitar yeah. leads that I just find fantastic. I think it sounds good. I think it's a great song. This is and one of the, 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 the cases. The lyric-
1: that I, I think the, the 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 process of the melodies and specifically lyrics being separated from the writing process um gets to me more because i think it is it is a good song and it has ideas in it that i think are 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 very good i don't think it does much of the ideas besides the image of a vicar in a tutu it's not strange that's a good idea he's he's a vicar so he works for a church he's in tutu that's traditionally not flamboyant you know it's right as rain it's not strange that's a good idea. It doesn't build on it any more than that at all. It just goes about the same him sliding down a banister. Oh, look who you know. I think it it could have done a lot more. And I think it's it's because of that, I think the song itself, the, the, the instrumental is great. I just don't think Morrissey managed to write a cohesive or strong song around it. I disagree. How, why?
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't need like some like complicated metaphor. It's a fucking good song. I
1: don't. That's the thing is. I think it, I don't need a complicated metaphor either. But I would like just any kind of anything happening in it. Nothing happens in that song. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Like, that's
1: that's I, but yeah. I guess it's my opinion. Yeah, I think right. I don't think it's it's the throwaway many Smiths fans believe it to be, but I do think as a song, it, it definitely has some flaws to it. I definitely think more could be done with the song. I think for Morrissey, it might have been a throwaway,
0: hmm.
1: and I don't think the "I am the living sign" part has anything to do with the rest of the song. The final part of the song.
0: Alright, let's talk about disintegration.
1: Oh, you're, get, you're, you're he's getting angry. At me what? Alright, we'll switch no, it. No, 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 no. we'll, I am we'll not angry.
0: I am not angry. We'll move on I to, am the, not angry. to the better album. We'll move Fine. on to disintegration. All right. is, all right. Disintegration. All right. Plain song, right off the bat. I ha- want to
1: give some background on disintegration. Okay. This is probably God. What is it? And the Cure's discography. I think it's their um, seventh album. Eighth. Eighth. It's yeah. their eighth album and their last of the decade. And the Cure, up to this point, had a fantastic '80s decade, constantly changing styles, constantly in, in, in unique ways, making it their own,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, changing sounds, and slowly building up more and more. Of an audience outside of britain which they'd always had an audience in but at the time that this album came out they just come off of probably their biggest success up to that point with kiss me kiss me kiss me, kiss me which came out in 87 88 uh, which is a double album and if, if you're looking for a cure album that is everything that's good about the cure where all their styles are represented in spades. It has some of their best songs on it, mm-hmm. pop songs specifically. That's the one to go to. That had just come out, and Just Like Heaven and a few other songs, like Why Can't I Be You, made their way onto American Alternative Radio. And they, it be, began to get more and more of a following over there. Um, which Their previous album, um, Head in the Door, had already established, or had helped them break through. Their singles compilation came out in America, which helped make them more of a presence because that sold very well. So at this time, The Cure were reflective of their, of their past, their musical past. But at the same time, Robert Smith, the lead songwriter, uh, singer, um, guitarist for the group, was, was, was approaching 30. And he wanted to create is a masterpiece. He wanted
0: to create a lasting Right. That's album. what I've heard, is he went into this trying to create... He went into like, this a, album... A, an enormous, kind of sprawling... A singular work. Sing, yeah.
1: He wanted to create a
0: singular work. Which is work. interesting, because I feel like the hit rate on albums where the guy was like, I'm going to make a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> not
1: high. Traditionally not high. Not high. But he, I want to preface this. We are talking about...
0: For this, for, for the purposes of this yeah. debate, we're we, talking about the initial decided just before this that yeah. we were talking about the initial vinyl release. release. This was the initial
1: release of the album before it was released on CD.
0: Which Ten tracks added the CD added two tracks. The CD added which the you will finally what which I listened to and you listened to, but we're talking about. But, we're uh, talking
1: about the, the initial album, because I think that is how it was initially
0: The, the CD version adds Homesick and Last Dance.
1: Both great songs, but we're not going to get into them. If you want to listen to them, they're on every CD. Yeah. Buy the CD, buy both of these.
0: It's the Spotify version, too. That is 12 tracks. But
1: Buy both of these albums. They're both here both nor there. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, Robert Smith set about creating his, his, his great work. And that is 1989's Disintegration. It also was more of a breakthrough than Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kissy. Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Kiss me. Hey.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, with uh, the lead, I don't know if it's a lead single, but Love Song becoming um, their biggest hit in America up to that point, reaching the top 10. Adele covers it. Um, yeah. It's, it, it was a huge song. And um, off of a a really monumental album for the cult of Cure and goth fans who were slowly building in America and the UK at the time. This was kind of the defining album mm-hmm. of that era. Yeah. It means a lot to people. And to me. Um, Let's get into the songs. You were talking about Plain Song." Both of yeah. these albums that we're talking about today have immense, fantastic opening songs. Yeah. In different ways.
0: I think Plain Song is. It kind of. It works great as a first song because it's not really a pop song. It's no. slow. But it really announces, like, what's going to happen sonically on this album right away. Yeah. You get, like, the wind chime, sparkly shit hanging in the background. Like, the whole song, you're like, okay. Yeah. The,
1: the, this the, is what's the going sense, on. The minute this. Si- it starts out mm-hmm. with some twinkling. And then when the synths hit,
0: yeah, it's, it's like, like just—it's just like an plunge. explosion. Yeah, you're just plunged
1: yeah, yeah. into the ocean that is disintegration. It just hits you so hard. And it's uh, in this album. I like that you brought up sparkling. This is the only album that I can hear and think that it's a, its sparkling. It mm-hmm. gives off that effect with all these chimes and everything.
0: And it just—it ju- it, 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 just just the synth tones in general.
1: Oh yeah, it's a very watery album too, which is, it it encompasses you and he's talking, and then when when Robert Smith finally comes in um, for his vocal, he's talking um, about uh, being cold. So cold. As cold as if you were dead. But it's also in the third person, it's from, um, he's he's quoting um, presumably the love interest of this song. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, I mean, again, just reinforces the watery, ethereal mood of the album. And I don't think I think there's a lot of diversity on this album within its sound but I don't think that the feel of disintegration of what this album is ever leaves and I think that's an impressive thing to pull off being able to Mm -hmm. show diversity but still maintain a very cohesive set of songs and sound and from there from "Plain song it goes to
0: Pictures of You Pictures of You I mean, which is probably an even better song
1: oh yeah
0: oh uh, yeah i just like how i don't know like plain song his kind of voice robert smith's voice is it's, it's literary, there but it's yeah. kind of it's really heavily affected and it's kind of it it's yeah. echoed and yeah it's very spacey so it, it doesn't really come through the mix and like, when he, when he shows up on pictures of you, it's like,
1: oh, yeah. there he is. You're in full Robert Smith yeah. mode, writing one of his most um, plaintive ballads. I wouldn't call it a ballad. Well, maybe a ballad. It's, it's sad. It's, it's sad. <laughs> yeah. It's seven it's... minutes long. I would argue that it doesn't
0: drag a second. I think no.
1: every one of those minutes is, is, is utilized. No. No, you disagree
0: i was I was saying no when you said it uh, doesn't drag a second and yeah. I was saying no to agree with you, but yeah, actually, like you saying that this is a seven and a half minute song doesn't I like did it. not realize that that was it a really seven it, it really does not feel like that's, that it's that long you could live in this song
1: forever i mean it's just it's just a beautiful song it's i mean it it's about i mean pictures of you, it's about you know. Contemplating over, over over love lost in a very mm-hmm. Robert Smithian poetic, depressing way. Right. Yeah. Um, but it but it's it's just it's just a beautiful song, um, and it it works. It just works really well. It, it it builds off of the opener in such a great way because it's all it's equally as explosive in a different way. And the hits just don't
0: stop coming I've been you. looking so long at these pictures of you that I almost believe that they're real I've been looking I've been so long, living at, these so long at these pictures of you they almost, almost believe that these pictures are all I, I can, can feel, feel. That's, damn
1: that's damn good that's damn good that's damn good writing Robert Smith is an underrated lyricist while I think Morrissey might be a slightly overrated one yeah, I mean, that right. might not okay. be fair to say we'll
0: nice. get into that
1: we'll get we'll, we'll get, get in. into that but from but, uh, some more some more songs that I want to talk about Close Down is, is I think, is a very good song, but I, I want to gloss over that. I want to get into the fourth track, which is Love Song, which is yeah. the biggest hit off of this album. And I think this shows a good level of diversity in the mood of the album, and because this song.
0: Love doesn't, song rips, dude. It rips. It doesn't
1: sound like the rest of it, it's it's no. heavy,
0: but it does, it's more guitar. It's very it's a unique song on this album. For it is sure.
1: a unique song on this album, but Those it still synth, feels like that. That synth
0: tone is like so dark, yeah. but essential. Convi- you know, it's like it's it's a love song for sure.
1: Yeah, he wrote it as like, a as a wedding present for his wife. Oh. Uh, which is which that, that, I mean that's true. But what I like about it is it, it's a love song and it's genuine. It's it's a genuine love song. But it's 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 Robert Smith's version of a genuine love song. Mm-hmm. It still feels like he's being sentenced to something. Like you know, I, I will always love you. He still manages it to make it feel mournful. You know, like he's losing everything else that could be, but he's he's giving it up mm. for for this love. And it's 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 a powerful song. And you're right; it rips the guitars on this on this.
0: Are the way are that he kind of takes. All like there's kind of like three completely different riffs. There's the kind of smooth synth riff, and then there's like the the string section synth yeah. riff, and then there's the guitar riff, and they all like interlock and uninterlock throughout the song, and it's just like it's done so well.
1: The solo is magnificent. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It 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 it's just it's it may be up until the I mean like. People point to just like heaven, justifiably or Friday I'm in love. But I think this might be, if you can call it a pop song, one of the Cure's most perfect pop songs. Mm-hmm. It is perfectly
0: executed. I, it's a it's def- it's a perfect song. It's a perfect for song. Sure.
1: Um, and from there, I, I mean, there's only a few more tracks that I want to really get into.
0: Um
1: mm-hmm. then it, it is the next one because we're skipping over Last Dance because that's a bonus track. And this is another song that I think shows the diversity of this album while still maintaining the tone. And it's a unique song, Lullaby. Lullaby's good, yeah. Lullaby's a fantastic song. It's basically the narrative of him being in bed, being scared and eaten by a monster creature with candy-striped legs. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he, it, it's sung in this creepy whisper vocal. And it's just... I mean, it's a fantastic song. its It's, it's a really... It doesn't sound like anything else on the album. But it, no. it's it it's it's menacing, it's creepy. It, it it sounds like a like a scene in the nightmare before christmas.
0: I always think that um like again like the string synth pad on this one, like that riff. I always think it's going to go. I don't even know what the name of that song is, but there's like a 70s disco song. And it's
1: like,
0: I always think it's going to turn into that song. I can't think of the song. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That kind of descending string
0: kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's like the exact same synth sound, I think. And but it's it, it,
1: it's it's really it's menacing and there's like plucked like almost violin or viola throughout yeah. it that really are are just, are just are they sound great. But I think what's what's underrated because it's a lullaby. It's like a creepy because you know a lot of his his reasons for writing the song is that a lot of people. I mean, he, I think he was going to have a kid soon, but a lot of the stories or the lullabies he heard as a kid were were frightening. They were they were scary. But I think what gets lost in the, you know, the narrative of there being a spooky Spider-Man that's going to come and eat you is how good these lyrics are. I'm just going to read like some of the lines. On candy-striped legs, the Spider-Man comes softly through the window, softly through the shadow of the evening sun, stealing past the windows of the blissfully dead, looking for a victim, shivering in bed. I think that's gold. Yeah. I think that's solid gold. I think it, it 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 reads like a lullaby or a fairy tale, but I think it's eloquent in its own way. It. I like I like candy striped legs. I really like candy striped legs.
0: Speaking of it's a spider season with season. candy striped legs, we are watching Nate here in the same room uh, playing Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask Majora's Mask fighting a spider with striped legs. What
1: perfect timing! Crazy. I gotta go. Uh,
0: We're gonna take a timeout here. As Patrick takes a shit.
1: back so i've gushed about my favorite songs on this album or or some of the ones that i wanted to talk about but of the ones that i haven't already brought up are there any that you that you wanted to, to bring up
0: um i think the last track is really good untitled
1: i'm glad you brought that up i love the last track
0: yeah i think it's like a very subdued ending i think that guitar riff is very contemplative and it, it feels like I mean this is a this is a long album. And I think yeah, the, even
1: without the two bonus tracks.
0: I think how he structured it and kind of the tone that each song sets kind of I don't know, it 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 does not feel like a bunch of songs smashed together. It's like you're you're taken on you're taking on a, a a number of highs and lows, and he ends it with kind of a placid.
1: I would say the the the, the organ end. in the beginning almost sounds like a like a funeral organ, but it doesn't sound like a funeral song. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not up. It's it's the perfect mix of the Cure. Of, I don't think it's not an upbeat song, but comparatively to the trilogy of, of some prayers for rain, save deep waters, and disintegration that came before it's mm-hmm. like a reprieve after After the intensity of those songs and yeah it's 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 a lovely song I, I i like that you brought up that the disintegration really for me is a very holistic experience well, I think a lot of the songs hold up outside of the album i think yeah. it it really does feel like from the minute playing songs since kick in you're just you're you're plunged into this world yeah that is disintegration and there's not there's very few albums that do that for me i mean it really just puts you in this mindset it can coon it, 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 it cocoons around you and it's not it's not as gloomy it's a gloomy album but it's not as gloomy of, of of a mindset as 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 you might think so there's there's bright spots you're right it go you go through an array of emotions throughout the album
0: yeah which is, I
1: think, one of its of its biggest strengths. Yeah, maintaining I'm, its holistic, encompassing atmosphere.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I were to like kind of describe like the the arc of this album, it would start off with kind of like a like a shimmering grandness, and then like then there's kind of I don't know what I think of as kind of the 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 pop kind of more. Like more emotionally active and like more up, more up tempo, energetic pop songs like of like closed Town, to like love song, love, stone, closed Down," love song, and lullaby. Yeah, and then it kind of descends into this like malaise of oh, yeah, of darkness and gloom,
1: which is reminiscent. And then kind of like
0: you different. kind of come out of it right at the end with Untitled.
1: Untitled, yeah, yeah. It, it really it it brings you out of it, but it, it, it's not like a, you know, it could end with this integration, but I, I like that it ends with Untitled mm-hmm. with, with a very it's a it's a somber, more subdued track mm-hmm. that just kind of blissfully, you sail you sail out of it, and you just you just feel good after this album is is over. You just you just you just feel you that maybe you don't feel good, but you feel something. I mm-hmm. really do I every time I listen to it I've been listening to it a lot in preparation for this every time after I'm tired I, you know, I I feel something and it whether yeah. it's good it, it amplifies whatever mood I'm in you can listen to it in a variety of different moods not just when you're bummed out and it you know it 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 works with you it's a great album All right but we're not here to just talk about we're not, two great albums
0: Yeah so now we're going to transition Let's, let's transition into discussing which we think is better. I don't know if we've actually... See, was, you, know, you didn't have to
1: just explicitly say that we're going to transition. I was about to you know, drop, a, drop a sick you know, nonverbal transition. No,
0: but I, I don't think we've said like which side we're on. Oh. Yeah.
1: I think it should be evident by how much I've just gushed over right.
0: disintegration. That so I Patrick am, is going to argue that disintegration, disintegration is better. I'm going to argue that the Queen is dead is better. Um, and that's all you need to know I guess um,
1: that is all you need to know I'm gonna start this out no yeah. disintegration is better
0: <laughs> it's, it's just it's a
1: better album and I'm not saying that there aren't great songs mm-hmm. on this, but as an album as an album works Queen is Dead is merely a great collection of a lot of but not all great songs Well, I think Disintegration is a holistic work Mm -hmm. that flows much better and has a lot more to say. Okay. And envelops you in a
0: consistent sound. There's a lot of things that were just claimed there.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm going to address them as well as I can one by one. I think a large claim that you just made there is that, like, The cure, like, disintegration is, like, more of a, like, a work. It's more of a single thing. And I would agree with that. I think it is. But I don't think it's far more of, of, I, I, I think The Queen is Dead is more of a cohesive thing than you're giving it credit for, I think, what Morrissey's talking about, especially kind of all, uh, is kind of all explores where the Smiths are at that point with their politics and their kind of in their fame and their kind of self-referential knowledge, of their own public personas. And I would say that I don't know. I think. One of my major things that m- one of my major reasons that I would say the Queen is dead is better is that I think the nature of disintegration being being an attempt at like a masterwork and being an attempt at like this huge statement that kind of envelops you and I think it makes it a more... Um, I think it makes it a harder and rarer listen. I think you said at re- very recently about 10 minutes ago, maybe less, that you could listen to disintegration in any mood and you'll feel something. I completely disagree with that. Really. I I think I need to be ready to listen to disintegration. I think disintegration is a is a big it's a it's a weight you need to be prepared to shoulder, and I think it's long as fuck. <laughs> and I think I need to be ready for that, and I need to be in the mood for disintegration. I, I don't that's not the case
1: I know, with the I Queen can of Can I address some of your points? Yes, I think for similar. First thing I want to talk about that last. So I think for similar Cure albums. Take, for example, one of the Cure albums that's said to be in in a trilogy, including this album, Pornography. Mm-hmm. I'll say that album, more so than this one, is you. it's a certain headspace. Mm-hmm. You can't go into that one in any kind of mood and and not have it affect you in some way. With this album, I think the songs that are on there are open to the mood that you're in. I, I I think you can listen to this in a good mood and still maintain a good mood. I think plain... not that the songs won't affect you, but I think it, it mm. for me it enhances not I, I won't say it enhances my mood. But I don't need to be in a somber mood to listen to this album. I think it it reward it rewards for different types of listening too. You can you can be listening to this album in a very Romantic sense, mm-hmm. and I think it'll it'll, oh, yeah. it'll 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 give you so much more back. Maybe not like a happy-go-lucky mood, although I think that there are songs for that. I think "Fascination Street" is 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 a more upbeat tune that you can definitely get down <laughs> get down with. I mean, it's it's definitely not "Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me" levels of pop. None of the songs on here are, but I don't think it's 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 solely an album. For the depressive. I think, it's, I think it's an album for a lot of different moods. But yeah, they, they generally tend to be more somber ones. One thing I want to talk about for the Smiths real quick mm-hmm. is I don't think... Because, you're right, there are a lot of more meta songs on, on that album. But what you bring up is the Smiths' politics a lot and in, in I don't get that with the exception of kind of rebelling against the monarchy in mm-hmm. the intro track I don't think they get very political at all I mean and also nah. I'll say this I mean it does address where the band was at the time but I don't necessarily see that as necess- a, a, a great thing it's a, it's a little self-centered in... Take the boy with the thorn inside, for example. The whole song is about how they're misunderstood by British radio. You know, right. how can they hear me say these words but so still they don't believe me? That kind of thing. I think if you're invested in the Smiths and you're invested in, in you know, their mystique, their popularity, yes, you're going to love these songs. You're going to get a lot back in this album. Right. But if you're not invested in the Smiths, A, you're not going to pick up on this. And you're not going to read into the words, and then the songs simply become just you know good, not exceptional
0: um, rock song. It's it's a good point that yeah that you the, the cure, cure is player leaving room for you. To put you in. yeah the Smiths often not yeah. No, I'll I'll agree with that.
1: I want to hear well, what do you, what do you think is more explicitly political about this? Up, about the Queen is dead.
0: Well, I, I, I well, I think I think tutu is clearly political. I think,
1: but like I said, I don't. Th- I think it, it puts out the the idea of it being political, mm-hmm. but it doesn't elaborate it on it in any sense of the word.
0: No, but I, I making fun of organized religion is inherently political. Yeah. I think that happens many times on this album. Um Yeah, I I guess there there are a lot of of gloomy emotional kind of feelings based I will call them songs on this album. And more than I I guess my initial claim of this being a very political album.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say that it is more feelings based than that. Yeah, but, but I, but I that's guess that's political. Because the biggest songs on here tend to be, I mean, the two biggest songs on here are "There Is a Light" and I, you know, um, I know it's over, and those are their most their two biggest feelings e songs.
0: I don't know though. I, I think that a lot of what they're like, what they're talking about, on, like Big Mouth Strikes Again. Frankly, like they're they're talking about they're talking about themselves but it's still like it's still political in the way that they're kind of like it, you have to kind of understand it in the context of what Morris is talking about being like kind of a contrarian was yeah. was he openly Homosexual at the time. He is
1: not homosexual. And he was not openly homosexual. He was asexual. Oh. Oh, yeah. Which also is a little contradictory. Maybe not with this album. Kind of with this album. But more Smith's songs as a whole. Because it would be a lie to say that a lot of Smith's songs are strictly asexual.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I just think... There's a lot of I, I I think there's a lot being said in in a lot of these songs in, in like a in a concrete literal way and I think it's going to change people's opinions on the monarchy um, religion the media in ways that disintegration is is obviously, not addressing well.
1: What I, what I have a problem with is you saying it's going to change anyone's opinion on anything regarding those specific topics. Do you? Th- I don't think listening to Vicar in a Tutu mm-hmm. is going to make the average person change their opinion on organized religion. I don't think most mm. people know what a vicar is. Well, I don't think people listening uh, to uh, The Queen is Dead, with the exception if you, if you, you know, of, of, it, of the, the song title are going to change their opinion on the monarchy because that song doesn't really have to do with the failings of the monarchy. It's not about that. It's more of a story song. He's breaking into the Buckingham Palace. He can... No,
0: the no. Has the but world it's...
1: changed or has he changed? I mean, like, it's, it's, it's more centered on Morrissey than it is the general idea of the British monarchy.
0: Uh, I, I don't know. I I don't know if I disagree I agree with that. I think it's, it's very, I mean, it's, it's, it's treating it in like, kind of a, like it, like a sarcastic, cheeky way. But like, he's pretty clearly, he's taking, taking the, these symbols and, and disrespecting them. He's
1: tearing them down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I think, I think, removed from this context, you can can say, this is, these, like, these politics aren't particularly important or even relevant now. But in 1986, in Britain, I think these were pretty big statements to make. And I think they absolutely changed a lot of people's perceptions of the world. A lot of kids... In Britain.
1: I think you're forgetting what came out not ten years earlier. Are you
0: talking about punk?
1: Talking about punk specifically, the song yeah, a sequel to. In, in, in I a under- lot of people's minds, God Save the Queen. I don't think these are new or radical statements okay. that be are making. Yeah. Especially because of the advent of punk. And they're explicitly, you know, non-authoritarian. In Britain, non you know, monarchy stances. He just happens to put them in a very less... I mean, he does talk about, um, you know, hanging the uh, the queen. Her very lowness with her head in a sling. I mean, that that's, that's a pretty powerful line. But he's not calling it a fascist regime or anything like that. I think punk changed more people's opinions because punk was more of a cultural movement. This, the Smiths were always a cult band. And I think while they did for sure, influenced peoples on not only this, but vegetarianism with their last album, "Meet Is Murder. Sexuality is a big thing in their lyrics. But I think what it influenced more and why more people at the time listened to the Smiths is because of their outsider status, because of their the loneliness emitted in a lot of their songs that people connected to. Mm. Not that they were a miserable, miserablest band, but I think people tended to connect more with that than their political side, which I think a lot of fans simply tolerated.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for speaking for all Smiths fans there, Patrick. uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. But I'm going to say hashtag not not all Smiths fans.
1: All right. Um, I'm trying to to talk about Smiths fans of the time.
0: Yeah, no, I... I, These are all good points. Um...
1: What I want to talk about, and I, I, I know you've seen, uh, you, you, you I, I was going to bring this up, is in the 10 songs on The Cure's Disintegration, I don't think we have a dud in there. I don't think there's a single dud. I think every one of those songs has a case. I think some are better than others. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's a song that I think is explicitly weak, which I can't say if the Queen is dead. Yeah. I'll give I'll give you a few I mean we've we've already talked about and you've already said some girls are big I want to talk about some girls are bigger than others.
0: It I I, I don't know, it doesn't bother me that it's not it, it's just kind of a throwaway at the end. If it was right in the middle of the album, it might bother me more. And but that, it is it's kind of become that thing at the end of the album. It's like, oh okay.
1: Yeah. I don't know. But it's a full-length song. It's not like Mm -hmm. a Your Majesty at the end of Abbey Road. It's it's a full-length song. And I'm glad you brought up album structure. That's something I don't think that The Queen is Dead has in spades. Mm -hmm. I think it could. I think there are some songs that are placed borderline strangely. I think Frankly Mr. Shankly does not belong as the second track. Mm-hmm. I think it would make so much more sense to have Queen is dead. I know it's over and never had no one ever. Even though I don't even like that song, it would just make sense with the album's flow. Put that with Vicar and a tutu. Put that with some of the more bouncy music hall songs. Yeah. You know? But I don't, and I don't think it's you know they're intentionally juxtaposing anything there. I think they just didn't think as much as the Cure. I'm not going to say they didn't think at all because that wouldn't be true. I don't know what they, these people, what they thought. But I don't think they put as much thought into the structure of how these songs are going to flow as The Cure did. I think every part of that was taken into consideration with how disintegration is constructed. And I think that is a major flaw of of The Queen is Dead. I just don't think it's assembled in a way that is on par with disintegration.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going to agree with that, Patrick. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> I'm gonna give you that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. However, I think I won't dispute that the track listing, the the track sequencing is, is better on Disintegration. But I think my major, my major, my two major tenets of my attack on Disintegration okay. here, in as his inferior album for the Queen is dead, I'm gonna lay them out here. I think a I think it's – I think what I said before, that I think it's a, it's not an all-the-time all album. I think I need to be emotionally prepared to listen to this okay. album. And B, I think the second half drags a lot. I mm-hmm. zone out in the second half. I think – and given I've only listened to the one-hour, 15-minute version instead of the approximately one-hour version – ten- yeah. But the After Fascination Street and Until Untitled there's there's like half an hour of like very sparse Robert Smith vocals.
1: Specifically what you're talking about is
0: and, the big
1: trilogy of songs mm-hmm. that come in between which yeah. is Prayers for Rain same Deep Water as You. Yeah, disintegration. It's disintegration. Not only do I think all of those songs, I don't think there's any, I think those songs are essential to the album as a whole. Yeah, I would I agree those, with that, yeah. I think those are really what the album is about. I think okay. there's no other place that they, they would fit in the context of the album. They need to be right next to each other and they can't be up front.
0: Uh, no, I agree with all these points.
1: And I don't think they drag. I think each of these songs is interesting. I think okay. "Prayers for Rain" and "Same Deep Water as You," which are which is a six and a nine minute song, yeah, almost feel like one part. Disintegration feels a little more separate, but those almost feel like a part one and a part two of a state. They're both you know concerning themselves with water and sinking. But I think they're both. I think "Fascination Street" to "Prayers for Rain." Prayers for Rain it's not as intense or immediate as Fascination Street mm-hmm. but I think each of these songs has a palpable energy to it and they're, 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 these songs more than anything remind me of what its, its spiritual predecessor was which is supposedly pornography it's a little wattier, waterier it's a little more shimmery but it's, it's, it's the this, this sense of, of, of dread and emotion and loss that you get from these songs that I think is more powerful and potent than maybe anywhere else on the album. And I think the vocals for these songs—I know you said they're sparse. I think you're only saying that because a on every song in this album for the most part, Robert Smith doesn't come in until usually about the middle of the
0: song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He
1: they're usually. It's an even, interesting way he structures. It's usually it the rhythm section and then starting it out, the synths building on top of it, building mm-hmm. the atmosphere, and then he comes in with... You know, his a different style of vocal usually throughout the tracks, but for each of these, I think he puts in... These three songs I'm talking about, I think he puts in a very strong vocal performance. I think Disintegration is one of the strongest vocal performances on
0: the album. I have no issues with the vocal performances. Well, no, I, I don't think there's really... I don't think there's particularly strong melodies on these tracks.
1: I never said there were strong melodies.
0: I. But I don't think the vocals are particularly memorable. When I'm listening to these tracks, I perk up when I hear the vocals because I think, "Oh, something's happening." But then, and then it's like then, and they go away, and then we have like I don't know. I when I listen to when I when, I, when I'm listening to a nine and a half minute song, I don't typically I'm not typically interested in like one chord sequence over and over for that nine minutes with I just I just would generally th- say that I don't think the the instrumental ideas that are happening on these tracks are are warranting their length okay I think like he stops singing and then what happens it's kind of it's kind of nothing. It's kind of what was happening when he was singing. You get, well, like, well, some that's guitar... what I'm talking about
1: when I say it's, it's, it's more of a holistic
0: You get... Experience. Yeah. No, I, 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 I just think... just think ties into it. I think it kind of comes down to whether you're, like, super into the atmosphere that's being created. Yeah. Or not. And I, I just don't think it hits me in the same way it hits you.
1: I, I, I um, thoroughly enjoy... The atmosphere of this, these, these three songs. These three songs form really the final suite mm-hmm. of the album. I wouldn't call it a climax because it's not. I would call disintegration the climax of the album, and I, I, I admit that. In, in a way that, pictures of you is a seven and a half minute song. Doesn't drag a second. Same deep water as you is a gloom fest, and might drag a little bit as it's as it's coming out going into the final thrust that is disintegration but disintegration i don't think it, it's it's 8 minutes but it builds beauti- beautifully i mean it's one of the more aggressive robert smith's vocals on it and i don't i don't think it this one drags at all i think i think the atmosphere is compelling i think the melodies are compelling
0: i like disintegration more um, it kind of gets lost for me when I'm listening to the 12 track version because Homesick comes after, and I think mm-hmm. that's more of what I've been complaining about. Yeah, I think Disintegration is better though.
1: Disintegration is is a really powerful good. song. This yeah. is the climax of the album, and, and when he's really pushing for it on th- those last couple um, verses, I mean, like it's it, it's powerful stuff. And then the fact that Untitled comes in and just kind of sweeps you out. after that, I think works really, really well. I don't think Untitled would work as well without the three-song suite that came before it. I think the three-song suite is supposed to be oppressive because that is supposedly a spiritual successor to their 1982 album, Pornography, which was specifically designed to be as oppressive as possible. People described it as Phil Spector in hell. It's supposed to be hard to listen to. In, in, in a certain sense, for the for the average person, a list is supposed to be overwhelming with grief and pain and emotion. And I think nowhere does that come out more on this album more than those three tracks. In a different way, it does. It's not more of Phil Spector and hell, but it's it's you're you're being descended further and further into this disintegration. This is the lowest point mm-hmm. of of emotion on this album. And I think it is. It, it's 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 in a similar way overwhelming in that sense and that's why I think untitled works the way it does as the last track gliding you out on um, a, a somber but I wouldn't say a bad note I think, I think I think it really plays it out well
0: Do you have any other major points to make cuz I'll make the last one if so Go for it I think the in general that there is I don't know, I guess more prominent guitar work on The Queen is Dead. I think Johnny Marr is bringing more to the table in terms of riffs than is happening on Disintegration. I think there are more riffs that stick out in my mind On the Queen is Dead compared to Disintegration which is very it's a lot of synths and it's a lot of mood.
1: But that is ultimately for a lot of these songs what it's trying to accomplish. I don't think riffs were the main goal Mm -hmm. for this album. And also I think for the more janglier songs even Some Girls Are Bigger Than Others which I think is a bad song because of what Morrissey did over what Johnny Marr brought to the table. I think that has a great riff. But I think some of these, some of of, of Mara's guitar work on The Queen is Dead is is, is is woefully overstated. I think songs like Never Had No One Ever, I think songs like, um, I mean, There's a Light That Never Goes Out, I don't think songs, even like Big Mouth Strikes Again, I don't think these have incredibly memorable, or I know it's over, really memorable
0: guitar parts, especially... Oh, okay. Never- okay, Big Mouth Strikes, again, is a great guitar, right? Okay, all right, all right. But I don't think... I, I, I think that, that, like, I don't know, it's probably a 12-string. That 12-string acoustic, like, chord riff thing that he gets going on a couple tracks, fantastic. I think it's great. I think it's really interesting. and.
1: Yeah, I just listened to
0: it. I think it's kind of... You're right. I think it's kind of uh, influential and defining in a lot of ways um, for this kind of entire genre that we're talking about, this and maybe just like heaven, too. that kind of very jangly, strummed, like 12-string yeah. guitar sound. I think that's where it's coming from when you're thinking about like this kind of post-punk jangle pop stuff.
1: I think these albums are influential in different ways because ha- I think they had wildly different reaches. hmm I think the, the cult of The Cure is, is, is different than the cult of The Smiths. I think, and especially, The Smiths definitely had more of an impact on British bands. Bands like probably Primal Scream or, well, maybe not Primal Scream, but definitely bands like Oasis. Oh, yeah, Britpop. Have, yeah, yeah Britpop would not have happened... The way they did without the Queen is dead, but I think what what the Cure brought to the table in terms of influence is a little more wide-reaching. I think it, it it did hit goth fans, the Cure in general, but this album too, in terms of maybe some late two thousand, early two thousand stuff. Like I don't think Interpol would be a band if the Cure didn't exist. Yeah. They definitely Simon Gallup, was the bass player of the Cure. They it, their albums have him written all over it, and bands like the Horrors. But I also think they had somewhat of an influence on... Or at least they were ahead of the curve a little bit on the advent of shoegaze in the that all-encompassing mm. sound with uh, you know, the atmosphere above everything. I'm know. not saying they're a shoegaze band.
0: I don't know if the Cure had a huge
1: influence on shoegaze. I didn't say that. I'm, I, I I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I think they had... I, don't, I didn't say they were a huge influence because shoegaze was already starting by the time this album came out. They had... My bloody Valentine already released isn't anything. Galaxy five hundred. I mean,
0: I I like I understand like the the Cure existed for like way before Shugate, So Like yeah, I understand I think, how you could I say they, that, I but they were I don't know ahead if
1: that's of the true. curve on a lot of things with this album too. I think it had a, It didn't have the same influence on, you know, basic rock and roll bands. I think, you know, influencing Oasis. I mean, great, fantastic.
0: You know, it is weird. To th- th- this. It is weird to think about when this album came out. 1986 versus 1989. When Disintegration came out, specifically.
1: Yeah.
0: Because, like, Music Kids was kind of moving on. Yeah. In a lot of ways. From that, from, from goth. This is something i always
1: liked about The Cure, is that they've never really adhered to any movement or fashion. They are labeled as goth, but they were just playing the music that they wanted to play, and they continued to play that music. "Friday I'm in Love," which many people think is an '80s song, a song came out in '92. Yeah, The Cure have always played their music the way they want to play it, or Robert Smith wants to play. It. They're individuals. They've always been The Cure, and I think that that's really. I mean, obviously, The Smiths haven't been around long enough to see where that would have, you know, how they would have gone. But The carriages are just true originals. I think. And I think this album is, is, is
0: one of them. The last thing I'm going to say about the Smiths is that I think the Smiths are massively influential. I think Morrissey as a lead singer and I think their aesthetic in general in their kind of refusal to or or interest in kind of subverting macho...
1: You don't think The Cure did similar things?
0: Paradigms and rock. No. I wouldn't call it... I'm not going to call The Cure macho, but I don't think... I think The Cure very much um, kind of were along the lines of kind of this... I don't know. When you think of, like oh, like, really sad post-punk. It's like, oh, The Cure. You know, I don't, I don't think The Cure were... Like, I have nothing wrong with The Cure's... I, I don't think any, there's anything wrong with The Cure's aesthetic. I'm, I'm saying I don't think they were, like... They were saying anything or, like, subverting anything in a very strong way by what they were doing. I think the Smiths were absolutely doing that. The Smiths had, like, flowers and shit. On their stage, and Morrissey's swinging around fucking celery and shit. I, I think, think
1: Morrissey as a performer was a totally on what he said. I mean, supposedly asexual, a lot of he's, he's gyrating, a lot of his movements and stage persona were in you know indebted to the sexual, mm-hmm. and also I don't think him flinging around flowers on stage is again necessarily groundbreaking. I mean, look at David Bowie a decade earlier doing Mm. a lot of the same things you're talking about him doing. Look at glam rock a decade earlier, which Morrissey's indebted to. A lot of his favorite bands were glam rock bands. Iggy Pop, although he's admittedly more macho. I don't think necessarily just having flowers. I admit him being asexual, not getting into drugs, not, you know, Mm -hmm. going with groovies is, is one thing. But A, the band did get into drugs. Their bassist was a heroin addict. They,
0: they they weren't they were Okay, I well think I'm not I'm not I, I don't know how, tried, how much that they tried invalidates my claim that they I They really they
1: wanted to subvert and they tried to subvert a lot of rock tropes. Mm-hmm. but I don't think they successfully did it in a groundbreaking way. I think yes, they were but it also yeah, look at the music scene way. at the time. They did
0: it in a very visible. Look way. at the
1: music scene, especially in Britain at the time. Mm-hmm. I would struggle to call it a very masculine scene. This is the time of big hair, realistic, effeminate males. I mean, this is, this. I don't think the Smiths were doing any more than the Human
0: League or Culture Club. Whew, okay. Well, I can't, to, I can't go there. Yeah. I can't agree with that. You can't but, agree with that?
1: I think no. Culture Club did more to the, the, the rock group. With the, you know. I, you know I, I don't think that they were as groundbreaking. I think they definitely had an influence. But is this is this is this a new influence? Is this an influence that you know? It's not like they were surrounded by Bruce Springsteen at the time. They mm-hmm. were they were in the UK, which was in heavy into new wave at the
0: time. Yeah,
1: which is very effeminate. I don't think they were breaking as much mold as you think they were.
0: Okay. Well. I think that about brings it to the end. We're about an hour twenty in. So. Ooh man, yeah. It's well we been...
1: started out Rocky, but I think we really got into
0: I it think we did. Out. I think that was really good. All right. Yeah, not toot our own horns. Uh, uh but now
1: it's time for how we're always gonna end it
0: with Nate. <laughs> is, Nate gonna gonna have, is Nate gonna have to Is Nate gonna have to be here every time we do this to listen to every single one of these?
1: Yes. So <laughs> Nate, which album do you think based on our discussion
0: Yeah, Nate does not listen to Either of these, yeah, I'm assuming, just
1: based on the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> One, the album battle. Is it The Cure's Disintegration or is it The Smiths' The Queen's death? Cure? Oh! Shit. And I'm two for two. Oh, Thank you for listening to the Sad Moth podcast. We're gonna be back. I think. What What are we doing next week? Do we actually not next week, but next time.
0: Well, we can. Do I feel like you have two options? We have two that have like momentum. We can yeah. do uh, R.E.M. versus Teenage Fan Club, or we can do The Fray versus. Uh, I really okay. I'm, 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 versus I'm announcing train. it. I'm announcing
1: it now okay. because this has momentum for me. Yeah. I will next next time, which is hopefully next. week, we're not making any promises. We're yeah. going to be doing R.E.M.'s. Out of Time mm-hmm. versus Teenage Fan Quilt Club's Bandwagon Acts. Both released in 1991. Um, hopefully, you'll join us then.
0: Yeah. Tune in next time, kiddos. As a, as a last twist to this podcast, guess what? Fucks. I like disintegration more the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gotcha. That's right. (laughs) Oh, you got punked.